0: Welcome to an exciting new episode of Next Best Adaptation. I'm Nicole Ackman, and I'm your host, and I'm joined today by Dan Baer. Hello. And Will Mavity. It's just the rhythm of...
1: Wait, does that say the rhythm of the Nile or the rhythm of the night? The song. <laughs> I always it's thought the, the rhythm of the night. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, it's the night, not the Nile, because I always thought the song was like about <laughs> the Nile. See, so that, okay. that's, that doesn't work at all in life. Navity,
2: no, Mavity,
0: you're joking. <laughs> on our last episode, we discussed Daphne du-, du Maurier's Rebecca and the upcoming Netflix adaptation. And so today we're back to talk about Agatha Christie's Death on the Nile. Um, so, <laughs> Death on the Nile, Nicole. <laughs> Death on the Nile is one of Agatha Christie's um, Hercule Poirot novels. It was first published in November of 1937. It's a mystery novel about a murder that takes place while a group of uh, mostly American and British middle and upper class people are on vacation in Egypt. And it's one of Christie's most famous novels, though probably not as beloved as Murder on the Orient Express or um, And Then There Were None but it's been adapted many times, including into a play written by Agatha Christie herself in the 1940s. We are going to talk a bit about the 1978 film adaptation, and then we're also going to discuss the upcoming adaptation by Kenneth Brano, which is due out later this year. But before we talk about films, it's book club time. So what were you guys' first thoughts on the novel?
2: Um, well, this is my second time reading it. I I read it, like, a long time ago when I went through my Agatha Christie phase of reading, like, everything that I could get my grubby little hands on. Um, And it has never been my favorite of hers. Uh, Certainly not my favorite of the Hercule Poirot books, but it's probably, like, at the bottom of the first tier or top of the second tier, I would say. Um, it, it's good. It's entertaining. It's just not one of my favorites. I think like there are like a million characters and there's a lot of backstory before we even get to the titular Death on the Nile. And it, it kind of has that slow boat on a river feel. To it which Absolutely. is fine But not my favorite pace For a murder mystery
0: <laughs> Yeah I also would say like I enjoyed It I liked it a lot but it's Not one of my favorites of her Novels um and Like you said there's a lot of setup like It's very rare to you read a murder Mystery and the murder doesn't happen until like Halfway through the book
1: yeah but What's interesting about it is I completely echo that But I actually think It is more right for a film adaptation than some of her books that I like more like murder of Roger Aykroyd is amazing but a lot of what makes it work is the twist and the way it's revealed and uh murder on the Orient Express I think is a better book but that's a pretty static location you know they tried to add a little bit in the film adaptation to Move it out of the claustrophobic train environment. But with Death and the Nile, I, I do agree it's not as interesting or compelling a story. But it's kind of multiple locations. Uh, it's it's just a little bit more dynamic. There's several beats. There's uh, more than one murder. Um, so it's I think that is an interesting element that some of her books that I prefer don't have.
0: Yeah. And I will say you've got a cast of really interesting characters and it is mm. kind of nice that you get to spend time with them before the murder mystery part of it kind of kicks in. So that by the time that someone gets murdered, you actually care, um, about who's been murdered. Does that makes sense? Like, I feel like in a lot of murder mysteries, you never really are given any reason to care about the murder victim. Um, Whereas this one, like, you've been with her for half a book at that point. So I think, like, at least for me, I was actually like, oh, that's sad. Like, right, I forgot that she was going to go at some point. Um, But I do think that the characters are really interesting and how your opinion changes on them as more is revealed about them is also very interesting.
2: Yeah, my two favorite parts of... Things Or my two favorite things about the novel, that, or at least they were when I first wrote it. It was different this time. I like that she actually embraced the travelogue nature of it. Like, there was really a lot about mm-hmm. Egypt and the different sites that they go see, which I was, like, since I was obsessed with archaeology and the pyramids and all that stuff when I first read it, I loved. Now I just think it slows it down a bit. Um, <laughs> is that, and uh, the fact that we really do get to know the characters before anything happens so that it does hurt when the person's murdered a little. Yeah, it does. I mean, I mean she's also a, you know, man stealing slot. So <laughs> there's oh, well, only so much
0: sympathy you can have for her. What's interesting about Lynette though, as a character is that I feel like for me, at least whenever the book started, I was kind of won over by her in almost a, I want to say almost a Daisy Buchanan kind of way.
1: Well, she can't help it.
0: Like, you see why everyone around her is so drawn to her because you're even kind of entranced a little bit About against it. your better judgment. But then she obviously, you know, she she takes she takes the man from her friend um, very uh, kind of frivolously almost. And so then you're like, oh, well, maybe I don't like her. But then I feel like for me, like I was kind of getting a little bit one back over to her side at the point that she's murdered. And it was like, oh, okay, well, rip. Um... But I, I like that you're kind of taken on that journey, and I think that you spend a lot of the early part of the novel being like, oh, well, Lynette's terrible. OK, but yeah, Jackie's also terrible, but Lynette's worse. Well, maybe, I don't know, like Jackie's kind of going off the deep end. Um, and I think that that's okay. a really interesting dynamic.
1: What do you think about Daddy Poirot in this book <laughs> as a character?
2: <laughs> or should I say Daddy Poirot? Daddy the- Poirot. <sighs> I can't. <laughs> it's one of the more empathetic times I think I've seen him in any yeah. of the Poirot books. Um, when, like, he really does try to talk with Jackie, and he seems to, like, genuinely care for her in a way that I, you don't see him do a whole lot.
0: Yeah, I feel like he spends a lot of the early part of this book trying to prevent something bad from happening. Um, both in terms of he's immediately suspicious that someone might do something bad to Lynette. Um, because he kind of starts seeing that all these people have these connections to her. And he also definitely, he tries to talk Jackie out of, like, doing something bad. And he does have, like, almost a strange amount of empathy for her. Um, and you, you also see that he, he's quite kind in dealing also with these, uh, eccentric ladies, (laughs) <laughs> who are also a member of the party and and he also has quite a bit of sympathy for um Rosalie and and a lot of these young women who are trapped in these weird situations um or difficult situations and I do think that it is one of the most um human times that we see him
1: yeah and that that continues obviously to some some interesting decisions towards the end of the book too um you know you, you kind of think of Poto as a bit of an asshole, and that's you know maybe maybe this is part of the the appeal for this is it's a development book for uh the muscles from Brussels, or is that Von- <laughs> the
0: muscles from Brussels
2: I can't <laughs> no, this is the little Graelles. <laughs>
0: develops his character which i feel like not everyone does um in that you you do see a softer side to him and you do see him really also not just reacting to a crime that's already happened but actively trying to keep something bad from happening um and i also think it's an interesting one because you kind of get the uh foil for him with um the
1: inspector javert who gets on the boat what's his name (laughs)
2: Colonel Race,
0: Colonel Race,
2: Colonel um, and kind of
0: their different styles and how I feel like as it's it's a nice thing in that for the reader it's a little bit easier to follow Colonel Race's like train of thought, um, and he's much more apt. That's to why lay... he's
1: not the world's greatest detective, though.
0: Well, but he's he's more apt to like lay everything out for you that they know, which I think as the reader can help you kind of keep
2: up with definitely it. helpful. Because there's so many characters on that damn boat. There's so (laughs) many. Like, and you thought that there were a lot of people in, and then there were none in the murder on the Orient Express. Like, no, try that and double it.
1: (laughs) Well, but also, okay, so that's something I don't like about this one as much, is that there's a lot of characters in those books, and there's a reason for that. It factors in, whereas to an extent, some of the people present here don't add that much yeah and just give it kind of i mean do you agree with that hello everyone sorry to interrupt but this is a preview of our full review of the agatha christie book *Death on the nile here on the next best adaptation part of the next best picture podcast where we review novels that will hopefully be in the best adapted screenplay oscar race come later this year the full 55 minute long review can be listened to if you head on over to patreon For $1 minimum a month, you will get this and other exclusive podcast content from nextbestpicture.com. You can subscribe to the Next Best Picture podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time.